the show and tell now, shall we? What is good, beautiful people of the world? I am Ski Mask, the Slump God's cousin, Face Mask, the Slouch God, otherwise known as Creator K. And welcome to episode 27 of the Show and Tell podcast, a bi-weekly show on every first and third Tuesday of each month, where a special guest and I share stories, music, and art that you should know about because sharing is caring. I hope everyone is doing well, staying safe, staying creative, positive energy to all of you and your loved ones. And thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen to the show. I don't know if I say that enough, but I mean it. Unless you stop listening right now, then I take it back. And you know what? I might consider taking back some of that positive energy I just sent your way. All right? Okay. I'm just kidding. I would never do that. We could use all the positivity we can get in this world right now. I wouldn't want to take that away. I'm very generous. There's no hard feelings if you don't listen to the show. If anything, they're soft feelings because I'm very, I'm an emotional person. Uh, I'm sorry. Wait, what? I'm blacking out. Oh yeah. The episode. Right. So in this one, music producer and dancer Andreas White, aka Afro Samurai, joins me from across the pond. And guess what we talk about? You got it. Geopolitics. Just kidding. That was a stupid joke. That was st- Why did I write that in there? Stupid. We don't, for the record, we don't talk about that. I just, I don't know what I was on when I wrote that down. I thought it'd be funny, but I don't think it is anymore. And I don't think I'm making it any better by talking. So let's just like continue. Anyway, Andreas is a very talented creator who expresses himself through music and motion, very adeptly, might I add. And he strives to find the meeting point between the two disciplines in order to become the best and truest artist that he can be. In part one of the episode, Andreas talks about which came first, the chicken or the egg, music production or dance. As I mentioned just a second ago, he dives deeper into how these two forms of expression play off of each other and how he finds balance between the two. We also chat about the perfectionist mindset and how it can affect one's output, as well as the importance of outside perspective and input in the creative process. In part two, Andreas shares with us a deep cut for show and tell in the form of a band that he discovered some time ago, which got us both thinking about how our music listening habits have changed over the years. With that said, it's time for show and tell. Welcome to episode 27 of the Show and Tell podcast. I am your host, Creator K, and joining me on the show today is Andreas White, aka Afro Samurai. And I forgot to say what he does because that's what I do when I do my intros. He's a dancer, producer, DJ, Afro Samurai. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, man. Glad to be here. Do the mic. <laughs> <laughs> how have you been? How are, how are things? I know we chatted i'm I'm acting as if we didn't have a chat before we started recording but for the people who are listening that never happened so how have you been how are you doing in the in these times we haven't said the thing to each other (laughs) i am spectacular thank you i'm doing great that's good yeah that's good most people wouldn't say that these days so so i'm glad that you are you are projecting your positive vibrations into the universe in a much needed time (laughs) for that Uh, i'm i'm good man i mean there's always bad stuff going on, but I think in the grand scheme of things, I am well, to be honest. I yeah. am well. My family is well. People I know are well. So all is well. Good. That's good to hear. So for the audience members who don't know who you are or what you do, why don't you tell them who you are and what you do? I am a dancer slash producer slash, yeah, there's no more slashes. DJ every once in a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I do that. Um, I kind of bounce between making music and dancing to music a lot. So I feel like I kind of try to stand for that as much as I can. I think trying to find the balance is a weird one. But I think I get my message across in that I am both. I don't do one or the other. I like to say that I am both a dancer and a producer. 
Yeah, I would agree with that because I, I think there's a nice 50-50 split from my view um, because obviously on your social media, you're always putting out these fire videos of you dancing, if I do say so myself. I'm very jealous of your moves. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I, and, and you make music as well, and I'm, I'm very much a fan of your music. So which uh, of those two came first? Which, what was, which was the chicken and the egg in music and dance? <laughs> It was dance came first. Dance came way before um, making music. I always loved music, and like my uncle used used to be in a band, so I think he inspired me to like music at least. Um, and I grew up with it around me a lot, but I wouldn't say I was particularly musical growing up. Mm -hmm. I could play the bongos. I could play the bongos pretty decent, but that was pretty much it. Uh, I started dancing when I was at 14, I think, about 14. And that was just in my bedroom, kind of on my own, very isolated. I didn't really know anyone else that danced for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And then um, when I went to uni, it changed, and I met people that also danced. Even then, it was kind of different because we liked completely different things about dance, but it was a good learning experience. And then towards the end of uni, in my, my third year, or late second year, um, I discovered that people make music from their laptop. <laughs> I, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. I didn't know that because because I, I used to listen to like it'd be like Troy Boy mm, or something, like, mm -hmm. bait trap, something just dancey that she used to love to dance to. And Troy Boy was one of them. And I, and then I found out one day that he made beats from his laptop, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> that's absolutely crazy you can make this kind of music that i started listening to more stuff on soundcloud that i discovered where is alex and i was like he makes stuff from his laptop too i was like this is a thing so then i was like wow i could actually do this and when i started looking into it i was like oh shit you can spend 100 pounds on a software and have the same software that mr sam gelletry uses like wow that's insane yeah from then it was just a, a no-brainer <laughs> i was just kind of hell-bent on wanting to be able to make music like that. Um, so I got it in that my second year. The first year I didn't do shit of having it. I just made like two crappy beats or two or three really crappy beats. And then at some point in doing all of that, I started wanting to take it seriously. After about a year of making crappy beats, I was like, no, I want to start trying and start trying to make actually something genuinely good so I started pushing a lot more. Mm -hmm. I started pushing out, just forcing music out of myself. And yeah, and then at some point I kind of came back to dance. I felt like during the time I was making music for the first year or two, I wasn't really doing much dancing. It's like I, it became a forgotten part of me. And then after doing music for a couple of years, it kind of came back. And since then, they've been kind of going hand in hand, I suppose, and bouncing between the two. So between those two forms of expression, obviously they both play off of each other in a way. What's the most difficult thing about balancing those two forms of expression? I think that as I've done them both more and become more proficient in each one, they've met in the middle mm -hmm. in, a, in a weird way. Because when I started dancing, I was erratic. Like my moves were completely erratic and spontaneous. I didn't have any foundation in any of the styles, so... It was just me copying people. Right. And when I started making music, it was the exact same. It was just me trying to copy these trap artists that I used to dance to, but 
without any real knowledge behind what I was doing. Um, but as I did them both more and more, it's like they they started to meet at the same time. Like my music calmed down and my dancing calmed down. And, and now I feel like they've met in the middle. I feel like the hardest thing was trying to get that to happen, trying to get it to a point where they were on the same page. Because honestly, up until very recently, I've never really liked dancing to my own stuff, which is why I've never... I've done videos of me dancing to so many other people's stuff, but never to my own music or very rarely to my own music just because I didn't actually like doing it, didn't like dancing to it. But now they've kind of met at a central point where I really do like dancing to most of my music. I feel like that, oh yeah, the hard bit was just reaching that point right. where they could side with each other rather than just being two completely separate entities in my own head. I think that just comes with proficiency, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. And I think one of the most beautiful things that I've noticed many times, um, speaking more specifically on music, is seeing a, not young in age, but young in the time they've spent performing the discipline, seeing the growth of a person who is young in making music to where they are now. <laughs> That's such a weird way of phrasing it. I don't know why I phrased it that way, but basically just viewing their progression because there's a lot of producers on SoundCloud who... I'm sure you've seen the same. They start out and they kind of sound like the people who are already established. Like, oh, this guy, you know, has sounds a lot like Sam Gellatry. He's making music that has a lot of the same influences and sounds kind of the same. But then over time, you see them start to develop their own sound. And I feel like that's a very traditional and natural way for artists to kind of develop their own style. Yeah. Is you imitate or you try to achieve what these other people are doing until you figure out your own methods and your own ways of doing things and your own style and things that you like to hear and things you don't like to hear. So I, I yeah. agree with you. I feel like that's that's a very natural way for artists to kind of develop their own style. I said that three times now, I think, but yeah. I'm just trying to hammer it home. <laughs> <laughs> Get it in. But no, I definitely agree. It's You have to put so much time into something I think that when people start doing something, they start it with just this blind concept of I want to be as amazing as this person. Mm -hmm. And then I think once more time is spent on it, you kind of reach a, a ground where the only way you're going to improve is by going back to the more foundational stuff right. in what you do and building from that. But I feel like no one ever starts there. No one ever starts from the basic, basic foundation because it's, it's not fun. Right. It's, it's not fun. It's not where the creativity comes from. Right. It's the whole throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. And then yeah, exactly. either leaving exactly. some of that shit on the wall and taking some of it <laughs> off. If I want to get extremely graphic with it, I don't really know if anyone ever has. <laughs> yeah. Um, so before we talk a little bit more about music and dance, because I have a few more questions about both of those, I like to play a couple snippets of people's music who are guests on the show. So I would love to do the same with you. And I pick a track, you pick a track. You've picked a track, you've let me know prior. So I'm very excited to play. Which track have you selected to play for the audience to give them a little bit of a taste of what you make musically? I don't remember. <laughs> no way, that's amazing. Well, I'm looking at the track right now so I can answer for you if you want. I'm looking through my emails. I, I said the juice. Yes, yeah, you did. That's, yes, that's so yeah, I love that one. let's run the juice. And then I actually have a question for you after we check it out. Send it, let's go. Oh, my God. 
the juice by our guest afro samuraiist and i have a question based off of that track because i was looking at the caption on soundcloud where the track is located is that track on spotify too uh yeah sure yeah is. okay so it's on spotify too but i was looking on uh soundcloud and i noticed that you wrote that you made the song a few months back so this song came out almost a year ago for the record and you spent a lot of time refining to get it sound to sound just the way that you wanted it and then you said you honestly believed that that was your best work to date and feel super proud to release it. I'm curious to know, how do you feel about that track now that it's been about a year and you've released a handful of tracks since then, as well as an EP? Still fucking love that yeah. track, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Honestly, I love that track. I mean, there's parts of it where I'm like, oh, the mix is a bit, eh. mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> the mix is a bit, eh. And I feel like in the middle section, I'm like, oh, you definitely could have done more <laughs> in the middle section to build it out. Like, there's always stuff to improve on. But I know that when I made that, I was happy with it. And I know that I listen to it now and I thought like, yeah, man, this is just a bop. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> it was at the point where I discovered some really basic, basic things about FL Studio that I didn't know how to do until that moment. I had learned how to automate stuff on third-party plugins. That's that's all it was. Mm. But I discovered that and then I started using it in that song and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that, oh, <laughs> this, is this new thing that you can do. And now I use it a lot more, but I feel like it was a turning point for me just discovering that one little thing. Right. So when you put out stuff now, are you trying to achieve the level of best work yet? Or how, how do you approach releasing music or, or just producing music or maybe even past that with, with dance or any sort of form of expression? Do you try to reach that I guess, perfectionist mindset? Are you trying to hit a level where you think it's your best work yet? Or do you think it's better for you to just try to reach a certain standard that you hold for yourself? I think there's a 
a middle ground because if I really wanted to be meticulous, I would never release a song. Um, <laughs> right. It never, the song would never go out. I would never think it's perfect, no matter how much I thought it was perfect at that moment. Next week, I don't feel the same. So I don't like to ponder too hard on a song. If I feel like it's ready in that moment, I will just schedule it out, get it on Spotify, I'll send it to whatever distributor I'm using, and from that moment, it's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's done. That's lost from memory. The song is is done. The, the FLP doesn't even exist. <laughs> By that point, anymore. <laughs> as much as it's important to grind and make sure that it's the way you want it to sound, I think it's important not to just get sucked into that because I think it can also scare you off of trying different things and just I think it can limit your creativity if you're spending forever and a day on one piece of art. Like, I, I, what was it that I read? I remember I read a study about a group of two two groups of photographers and they got one group of photographers and told them that they could only take one photo and that photo had to be the fucking shit mm-hmm. that was it they could only submit that one photo and that was that was ground zero and that was going to be their grade and another group was told that they could submit like a hundred photos and their grade would be determined partially on how good the photos were but also on how many photos they could take hmm. something like Lines. I'm probably yeah. descri- describing that awfully, but in the group of 100, the majority of the people in that took better photos than the, the people that took one. And I personally think that's just because we don't necessarily know what is the best when you're learning because you're learning. And the amount of songs that I've made and finished that I'm not even that keen on, that I've got a second opinion on and heard it's actually sick, I've been like, oh wow, maybe I. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have held on to it, or maybe I should have taken it a bit more seriously. I think that we like to think that we know a lot more than we do, but in reality, you're better off just pushing forward and not spending so much time on one thing at one time indefinitely. Definitely. And you also bring up a good point about bringing others into the equation and getting their feedback on your work because they might bring a new perspective or affirm something that you feel good about, or maybe something that you don't feel good about. They might kind of yeah, exactly. echo that and and then it might kind of open your eyes up to or or maybe it'll help you get out of your own way so that's yeah. another important thing in in that i feel yeah it's, it's so easy to just get sucked up into making everything perfect but i also don't think it's i just don't think it's worth it i think that's as much as it's important to get stuff right it's also important to acknowledge when something's wrong and just learn from it in the next one. I feel like it's a bad habit to just hold on to stuff indefinitely. There's a middle ground, but I don't like to hold on to tracks forever and ever and ever. Right. But this just this one, for example, I wasn't in a particular rush to release it. I was working on other tracks at the same time. Mm-hmm. But once it was done, it was done. <laughs> as far as I was concerned, it was done. I wasn't going to come back to it. And to be honest, as much as it took six months, it was a very slow, sluggish, take your time kind of process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you let it let it sit for a little bit, which I think is also important in the arts is to start something and, and then come back to it. They're the best good. ones. The ones that you rush are just, they're never going to come out the same. Because over that those six months, I learned like a dozen different things that I was able to apply to the track. And I think that's what made the difference. It wasn't from me being a perfectionist. It was just from me kind of taking my time. I wasn't in a rush to finish it. Yeah. So 
Let's move on to the second track, which I have selected, and that one, which I have not told you the track name, is Dola. <laughs> did I Dola. <laughs> do oh, wait, did I not say it right? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, it... I just didn't expect you to say that track. Oh, okay. I didn't expect that to be the track of choice. <laughs> and but for the record, I, don't, I didn't mention this. Um, I, do a, I do a really good job of the show, if you haven't picked up on that by now. <laughs> we, uh, we're not playing snippets of tracks anymore because we had a little chat that you guys aren't going to hear because I cut it out and Afro Samurai said that I should play the whole track because it's better that way and I agree so we're playing the whole track and we're going to play this whole track Dola we'll see you on the other side So I don't have any questions specifically about that track, but I do have another question about music. And to me, your music is an amalgamation of so many different styles. I, I think you would agree. I mean, you're the one who makes it. So, <laughs> this, but this is from an outsider's perspective. You have a lot of house, trap, future beats, dancehall influences in your music. Would you agree? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I like to mix it up. If you could only listen to one style of music for the rest of your life, what would it be? It would be R and B oh, slash funk. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That that shit. I fucking love <laughs> that stuff so much. So much. Because I grew up on it. I uh, see. Okay. That's why my music and everything after that, from like hip hop to rap to funk to house to, to even the most ridiculous EDM shit, and it still loves. I still love to dance around. Mm -hmm. But R and B is like my home it's like my right. comfort it's my everything it's my i if i went to a club i can't listen to a whole night of house i can't listen to a whole night of aggressive edm like uh, festival stuff but i can listen to a whole night of r&b and not get bored that, 
quite happily take yeah. me back to 2000s. That's my favorite stuff. <laughs> who specifically comes to mind? Who who is your go-to? That takes you back. It'll be like Mario. Anyone in that area? Mm-hmm. That era. Sorry, that like Mario. Um, even when I come out of that, I loved hip hop. So like Ludacris. That whole era between like 2000 and 2010 ish. That's my shit. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, it really has its own sound that hasn't really been because you know how music kind of recycles just like fashion does and trends in yeah. general. I haven't really heard that come back yet, and it probably will at some point. But I mean, we can all tip our hat to like Timbaland for that era, big time, and, yeah. and as well as others. What a legend! What yeah. a legend! <laughs> I think it always surprises people. Born always seems to expect me to say uh, something electronic. I love electronic music. Don't get me wrong, but it's. Uh, R&B is definitely home for yeah. me, I think. Yeah, and that's like they say, you always come back home. So that makes sense. Same question, but for dance. What is one genre, if you could only pick one to dance to, is it the same or is it does it vary a little bit? Is it the same? Is it the same? Um, yeah, it's the same. <laughs> but it's, ah, oh, bloody hell, that's a hard question, actually. <laughs> I'm not actually <laughs> sure because I have moods. Oh, you have emotions like other human beings (laughs) (laughs) that came out so wrong no 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 i no i was i was perpetuating it i i 100 know where you're coming from like you're just you know you you have different feelings different times like you're not you're not always going to want to dance to funk you're not always going to want to like you're not always feeling aggressive and dancing to trap i know i'm putting words into your mouth but you know what i mean this is why i think that i still think my dancing and my music taste based on my music ability to make music is still converging it hasn't reached that point yet because i love dancing to like future beats and stuff but i do it because i'm good at it and it just feels easy but i would love to be able to dance to funk now, there's some people where i watch them that they're just so funky but i wouldn't say the way i dance is funky because i'm not funky my body isn't funky mm. but i wish it was and I wish I could dance funky. I'm trying to learn. But so at the moment, I'd actually probably say like chilled future beats mm-hmm. is probably my current favorite. But I want it to be R&B and funk because I want to be better at those styles. But I'm, the only reason it's not my favorite is because I'm not proficient enough in them. That makes sense. So maybe in a few years, it'll be different. Yeah. One more question about dance. This is kind of a silly one. I want to know your opinion. How do you feel about TikTok dancers, the people who dance on TikTok? I think it's a hidden genius. Ah, okay. <laughs> I think the hidden genius. I think it's a hidden genius in the same way I think that pop music is a hidden genius. I think it's so easy for a a jazz musician or the most complex producers in the world to listen to a pop track by Justin Bieber and go, "Oh my God, this is so basic and simple." It's just crap music because the lyrics are simple and the melodies are simple. But that simplicity resonates with people. Yes. That that ability to make a simple concept resonate with people is far more important than being the most technically complicated, artistic, know-it-all, brainiac kind of thing in whatever you've created. I think there's a a genius on TikTok to be able to make something so simple, so inviting to so many people. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think there's, a, there's an art to it. I yeah. mean, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm not. Oh, I, I haven't tried, to be honest, because I don't get enjoyment out of doing it. Right. But I have a huge amount of respect for people that can consistently do these videos. The only thing I'd say is that I have a lot more respect for the people that create the original TikToks right. than the people that have seen 50 billion people doing it and they want to be the 15 billion and one person to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. Much more respect for the people who are the ones who are actually coming up with the ideas rather than they're being leaders rather than followers. Yeah, that for, in that respect, I think it gets pretty mundane. Mm. Like if I scroll for TikTok and I just see the same dances again and again, that's jarring. But the conceptual idea of doing these really simple dances and making them fun and inviting so that so many people can do them, I love. And it's a brilliant idea. Just uh, wish I could do them. <laughs> I just yeah. don't think in that way. My brain doesn't work that way. Probably too serious. Mm. Yeah. And it, it makes it makes the, the forms of art that do make it to the mainstream that aren't so streamlined it makes it feel so much better when those people who make that make stuff that's a little more technically sound it makes it feel so much better when they when they make it when they make it to the public eye and people appreciate it because then they are finding some sort of balance between the two like tyler the creator uh, i think that's the first yeah. example that comes to mind and um yeah yeah people I think like there's, that. there's a beautiful balance being between being able to do it i think people that are able to create music that's pushing boundaries and appeases the masses are absolute gods <laughs> like they're in their own league because I, I, I think that as much as art is important to be creative and outgoing and think ahead i think it's also important to be able to connect with people i mean you could come up with the most ridiculous crazy stuff ever and that stuff not be appreciated till a thousand years later. But who knows when that's going to be? Yeah. <laughs> people true. that are able to push boundaries just enough to inspire people, but not to the point that it uh, pushes people away. Right. Or isn't palatable. It isn't palatable. There's a fine middle. Anyone that's able to hit that fine medium. It's genius. Yeah. genius. It's brilliant. Yeah. For real. So last question before we move on to part two, I think we can have, we have a little time to cram this in and I don't have any sort of smooth transition. So I'm just going to ask it Nardwar style. Um, I'm sure you're <laughs> familiar with Nardwar. So here, here's my attempt at Nardwar style interviews. Slap it. Shout out Banzai Collective. Shout out the gang, 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 <laughs> gang, gang, gang. Tell me and the audience a little bit more about Banzai, your involvement with them and the gang. What's good with Banzai? Gang, gang. Bonsai, Bonsai, how should I start this? Bonsai is the fam. That's how I uh, I joined Bonsai uh, literally because I was just a hardcore fan of <laughs> to be honest. I was such a fanboy of the kid. And then he started a Discord called Bonsai. And I was like, well, I'm just going to follow suit because Caption said so. And then when I joined that, I was super active in there. So I was just super keen on the idea i thought it was really cool and this was at a point where i didn't know what the hell labels were and then cap asked me if i wanted to be on the roaster and i said hell yes and since then uh i've now one of the curators i do a lot more stuff behind the scenes than when i started and in turn we now as a collective do a whole lot more stuff anyway 
just to summarize what Bonsai is, because I haven't really done that. Uh, it's a music label slash collective that I'm a part of. Um, was a roster member, now curator. Uh, we host shows. Um, we release music on a regular basis. Just try and promote music in the future beat scene that we really think is forward thinking and pushing the scene as much as it can. Great place. Love that team. They are great guys. Do you guys just naturally have chemistry when you all kind of came together or, or at least when you were brought into the fold? Did it just kind of feel natural? Uh, everybody's on the same page? Unlike online, no. I don't think it ever actually felt natural ah, until okay. we all met each other. Or until, it didn't feel natural to me <laughs> until I met them. When I met them in New York, that's when I was like, wow, these are like real humans. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't been right. talking to myself for like the last year. <laughs> some shit and like not only were they normal humans but um we actually got along mm-hmm. that sounds so weird to say but i feel like people are very different online versus how they are because i know it's sure as hell i am so different online to how i am in real life but um so i feel like i could never really tell so i met everyone that i met everyone and i was like yeah this is a cool group of guys everyone's been on a pretty similar wavelength I mean, everyone makes really different music, um, which I think is kind of one of the strong points of Bonsai, to be honest. But we're all on the same page in terms of where we want to build and how we want to do it, especially me, um, Cap, and Sasha Rome, or I shouldn't really say Cap, should I say Cap? Adrian. Adrian and Dan. <laughs> government yeah. names. And, uh, yeah, they're government names. <laughs> yeah, those two. I've uh, been working a lot with Frank recently as well, but they've been really good to work with. They're super forward-thinking, really hard-working, inspire me every day to just push so hard. I don't know where I'd be if I wasn't working with them. Yeah, that's dope. I was actually going to ask you, what was like the biggest takeaway that you've gotten so far from being a part of a collective where there's other people like-minded doing similar things? What's What's something that has really helped you learn or maybe helped you get better at since being a part of a, a collective i don't to be fair being part of bonsai i feel like when i was because i used to run maa i feel like whatever i learned in maa i kind of took with me to bonsai it was just being able to work collaboratively with people on an idea and have like a, a common mindset and a common goal because i've never really done that before I've always just worked on my own. I've always been very much an isolated person in terms of achieving my goals. Mm-hmm. But Bonsai and they kind of taught me how you can grow with people and how you can work on a common goal without even doing the same thing, without having to do everything together, but just how you can support each other through that process. That's definitely what I've really learned. But up until now, it was always just me on my own I didn't really realize how much power you can have just by having people to bounce off of in terms of like energy and ideas. 100%. It's going back to what we said earlier. You can bounce ideas or maybe there's a project that you're working on that is close to completion, but there's just something that you just can't make a decision on. If you throw it to someone else, get their perspective, they can always help out and maybe confirm something that you were thinking or make you think about it slightly differently and get closer towards that end goal of release or completion or whatever it may be yeah exactly dope i think that's a great place to end off part one we will be back in part two with more after this i say that like we have a sponsor but we don't 
it's just a little uh it's just a little filler track that you're gonna hear so yeah so uh yeah that's that's me singing because i didn't do the beginning part where i sing the guest name i had decided before the show that i wasn't going to sing the guest name anymore for a couple reasons one being that when i would listen back to the episode i couldn't understand the guest name when i was singing so i just decided to stop but then we were talking over the break uh and andreas likes liked it liked that i was singing the guest name so i felt bad maybe i'll bring it back but that's why I was singing to start off part two to kind of like satiate the needs of the people who liked my singing, which I don't think is that great. <laughs> <laughs> I missed it, man. I was bumping my chair just then. I was having a wild time. <sighs> well, that makes me feel good because, um, yeah, like I said, I can I can sing and I feel like anybody can sing. I'd probably give myself maybe a five out of ten, which I don't think is bad. I don't, bad. I don't I don't I don't want to gas myself up because i'm not good and i don't want to sound pretentious but <laughs> <laughs> i think a five is a yeah. very fair rate. i think five is fair it's safe <laughs> so yeah welcome to part two of the show this is the part of the show where i ask the guests to bring in an item of significance something that means something to them they share why they like it why you might like it too you get to learn a little bit about the guests through this item and then there's some other fun stuff at the end andreas aka afro samuraiist what have you brought to the show and tell table to share with the beautiful listeners my show and tell item i can just say it now right yeah yeah i, 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 I want you to or else we don't have <laughs> a, a part two <laughs> I had to think about. I had to think about what was my show and tell item. I'd say it's an album. I think it's an album that you might. I don't even think people can find because it's not on Spotify. Hmm. You might be able to find it on YouTube. The only reason I found it was because of a discography. Do you remember when people used to use torrents everywhere? Yes. Used to torrent everything. I used to download discography torrents where I'd know like one song that I liked by the artist and just download the whole discography because why not i had plenty of space in my laptop so i had no reason not to but it was by a band by this japanese band that i used to love called theater brook and uh theater brook theater brook like okay. theater as in a theater and right. brook are double ok there was one specific album that i can't remember how to say but I was obsessed. I can, you can just even just say Theatre Brook and you can just look them up because I was a huge fan of pretty much everything they ever released. I just was obsessed with them. I studied, I learned Japanese when I was around 16. And uh, mm. when I was learning, I was trying to find music to listen to. And when I discovered these guys, they were just perfect. They were like, they're like a weird mix of indie and funk and rock. I think the album itself was called Intention. Okay. I remember. Might be written in Japanese all over the place though. But yeah, that album, I adore that album. I've sampled it in a couple of my tracks. Ooh, okay. Uh, my track with um with Bonsai, my second release with Bonsai, Odori, was a sample from um from one of their my favorite songs on their album. But honestly, 
huge fan of that band. If anyone else knows who Theatre Brook is, I am just, I'll be in shock because <laughs> they're impossible to find online. I, I don't even think you can really find their stuff on YouTube. The only way I could ever find their stuff was through this discography that I downloaded. I but, uh, see, I, I looked up Theatre Brook Intention on YouTube and I see a couple of tracks with the artwork, but that's it. Only, uh, there's, I see three, three tracks. I don't see a full album yeah, or, or a playlist. Yeah, they didn't put the full album up. That is so sad. Interesting. And the one song that I'm, I'll, I'm going to try and find the song that I sampled and was just obsessed with. If I can't find it, then I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Everyone's just going to have to go without. When did this come out? I have no idea. It came out before I was born. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Actually, no. Did, I, did it? No, this was a recent album. I'm lying. This album was 2010. Oh wow! But um, it's ten years yeah. ago for those who don't know. Yeah, ten years ago, <laughs> they were like they were a big part of my childhood when I was growing up, or teenagehood when I was growing up. Wow! So uh, how did how did you come across them? Just from my obsession with Japan, uh, I, I was see, completely right. obsessed because I needed um, Japanese something to listen to to learn from, and there wasn't a lot of Japanese music that I liked, and on my just endless search. I think I found one of their songs in an anime. Mm-hmm. And when I searched the rest of their music, I was like, holy shit, the rest of their music's incredible. And it just spiraled from there. But aside from on Torrance, I couldn't actually find their music anywhere. Now I've got like six of their albums on my computer, but uh, they are nowhere else to be seen from what I can see. Maybe I should upload them on YouTube for people. Yeah, I mean, for the show notes, which I will mention again at the end of the episode, I'll probably link, I don't I don't know how I'll link it exactly, maybe just a YouTube link to one of the tracks, or if you want to send me one, I can drop it in there. Because like I said, I can see a couple on here, but that's that makes it a, a much more rare show-and-tell item, the fact that it's not so readily available for people to consume. I think that's uh, very mysterious. It's very mysterious, isn't it? I'm actually going to upload it. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, okay <laughs> I, I might make a youtube channel just to upload this because it bugs me that no one has done it already no one's uploaded all this incredible music someone needs to hear it i'm gonna upload it screw it yeah yeah why not but so uh, yeah you'll see it shortly you'll see the album shortly on maybe, youtube because of yeah maybe it'll be up before the show goes up and then i can just use that link in the show notes maybe but yeah that would <laughs> be my show entire item no one knows about this album as well you'll probably be the first to hear it yeah no definitely i mean i mean i'm curious to listen to it um i as if i was a good host i would listen to it right now and we could talk about it a little more but uh no it's it's not possible (laughs) right because who knows if the stuff that i'm seeing on youtube right now is even the real thing you know because i remember what you're looking at now, I imagine, is okay. That's like that's fair. One song that everyone seems to know. Have your music listening habits changed? In that, you know, you said that you used to torrent a lot of music. Do you still do that, or has music streaming kind of changed the way that you consume your music? It's completely changed it. This was like before I gave a remote shit about streams. Mm-hmm. and to be fair, I don't even think streams were a thing back right. then. I think you just had to buy it. Back in the days, we had to buy CDs. Oh man! We had to buy the CD or like rip it off a CD or find it online through LimeWire or Lime something. LimeWire. <laughs> but 
that was it. That was all. Those were all the options when I was growing up. So there wasn't really much choice unless I had money. Right. And then when SoundCloud and to be fair, YouTube became a bit more prominent and all those other platforms started to blow up a little bit, I started to move away from downloading music. I used to love having it on my computer, but it started to feel more and more morally wrong (laughs) as time went. And then when I started making it, I was like, this is so wrong. I've been stealing people's music all this time. I'm a horrible person. Yeah. <laughs> but I had no idea. I didn't really think about the impact it was having. I guess at the time, it probably wasn't having that much of an impact. But doing that now, I think, is a much bigger problem. Just because like, you can stream it now. There's no reason for you to download legally. Right. And people can make livings off of streaming revenue if they get enough streams. So that's big. I feel the same way for sure. It does feel like morally wrong because I don't download music nearly as much as I used to. And that's partially because I'm not DJing as much as I used to or making online mixes because that would would force me in a way to have to keep up with music and get it onto my computer, my hard drive. So I'd be, you know, getting stuff off of SoundCloud, generally tried to just stay towards the free downloads. But, you know, you know how it goes. I, I, I would rip some stuff from time to time, too. I'm not an angel. Um, but then but then and i was always against spotify i was well not the company but (laughs) i was always against using something like that because i i guess maybe it's a fear of change type of thing or just comfort in what i am what i already know what i'm already doing i I was against spotify but i was against it because all the music that i wanted to listen to wasn't on there i was like why am i gonna spend money for an app that hasn't got my music (laughs) right yeah no exactly soundcloud just it's a treasure chest of, of music. It's so much different now. Yeah. There's so much music now. It, it really is so much different. And then when I pivoted to Spotify, I was downloading some music ye- this weekend. Um, and that was the first time I had done that exercise because it was it was a fun exercise to do just to go back and dig through some crates and grab some new music because part of that also, without getting too into it, I didn't have unlimited data, so I couldn't use streaming platforms on my phone. So I would download the music on the iTunes and then drop it on my phone. So that was another reason why I downloaded a lot. But now with streaming and now that I have unlimited data because I've upgraded in life, (laughs) I use Spotify more. And that's like almost bums me out in a way sometimes because I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of good stuff because it's not on those platforms. Yeah. Yeah. I used to dig so hard. I used to dig to, I found an album. I found a a band that no one's heard of. Right. And I find (laughs) stuff like that all the time. I used to dig through just a dark, dark web to find music. And I'd always find amazing shit, but now I'm lazy. Now I rely on the Spotify algorithm, which is incredible. It is. To I, find it is. my music. Yeah, I definitely feel like I'm missing out. Like, I definitely feel that. It's a lot better now though, because when I started like, being obsessed with music, if Spotify existed, and I don't think it did, it was awful. Mm. Like, streaming platforms were awful they had so little music on them so there wasn't really much choice between downloading illegally and buying right and then the, the way that soundcloud has handled its development over the years kind of plays into that a little bit too it's kind of fended off some people from wanting to use the platform which people sucks. don't want to use it anymore sucks a lot people don't want to use that platform now there's just platforms popping up left right and center mm-hmm. that you can listen to music on i mean it's great but uh back in my day <laughs> <laughs> have these options. 
Yeah. Now there's infinite options of places you can listen to music. It's crazy. Yeah, it really is. No, no, back when I was crappy MP3. I had to just put everything on my little crappy MP3 that had like 200 megs. I remember when 200 megabytes was a lot of memory. Oh my gosh, my I know. MP3. I know. And now my phone has 256 gigabytes. It's like a computer right? on its own. <laughs> right. And I use exactly. maybe 5% of it. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, ridiculous. <laughs> it is ridiculous. Cause my old phone was like 16 gigs, and I could only have a certain amount of music. That's what I used all the space for. And now I can have as much music as I want. But I'm not even listening to music in that way anymore. I have Spotify, and I just yeah. stream. So it's it's pretty wild. The times have changed. Times have indeed. Yeah. But you found Theater Brook, and uh, I'm interested in listening to them after this episode is done recording. And I'm sure other people will be interested as well. And you can find them at the show notes at soundcloud.com slash let's show and tell, which you can find other things that we will get to. But before we get to that, there's one more quick thing that I like to do before the show ends off. And that is ask the guest member a question. <laughs> just like I've, I mean, that is a podcast. Let's be honest. I've just been asking questions this whole time. <laughs> so it's nothing new. I like to ask the guest, what is something that you didn't learn in school? It's, it's something that, you know, you kind of have just picked up in your walks of life, something that you weren't okay. necessarily taught by a superior or a professional in academics. It's something that you've picked up as you've just lived your life. And it can be fun. It can be serious. It could be a piece of wisdom. It could be just a random life hack, something that people could find useful in their lives. So I'd love to hear if you have anything to share with the audience on that. What would I say in life? What about learn? I'd say my my recent learn, but what the fuck? English speak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the fuck? My most recent thing that I the most most recent thing that I have learned. See, I'm sleep deprived, man. The most recent thing I've learned that I think is useful to share for anyone that's remotely similar to me. Don't take life too seriously. Don't don't take mm -hmm. it too seriously. That that's that's it. <laughs> that's that's all I've got because I feel like I personally take life way too seriously. And I think too hard about everything that I do. I'm very methodical with everything. Mm. But uh, I think sometimes just sit back and not don't read into things too heavily. Strange your life source and to always have a positive outlook because always is one. Yeah, I mean always. that's that's real shit. That is something very similar to what Malik Elijah shared a couple episodes ago. Don't take, don't take yourself too seriously. Take what you do seriously. But you know, life's short. Gotta have fun. Well, you gotta enjoy what you're doing. That's some awful. That nah, wasn't awful advice. That was some basic advice. Oh, but no. I think still. <laughs> I I feel a certain way about what is considered cliche or basic advice, I think it's important to keep bringing it back up to the surface and kind of beating it into people's brains to let them know, like, you know, it's, you should be, you know, I don't know, <laughs> you should be thinking this way. Or, you know, it's important to beat these things into people's brains to remind them to lead a better life or try to just be a better person or remember things that are going to help you. So I, I, as basic as it may sound, I think it's, it doesn't lessen the importance of the message. Yeah, no, I feel that. Can't be too serious about life. Yeah. Way too much. Yeah, I take myself. I I take myself in life a little too seriously from time to time. I think we all do, but you know, it's something to work on. We're always constantly working on ourselves. You know, 
just as we are working on our art on our art i can't speak either man i'm I'm right there in the same boat as you (laughs) maybe it's a good time maybe we should just end this maybe we should end it shall we to round it up i'm easy man i'm still doing my hair believe it or not i'm still here nothing with my hair multitasking so yeah so we'll, we'll, we'll end the show there but before we go well, just one last thing and this is your opportunity to tell the people where they can find you your music your dancing because you like i said i have or not i you have some pretty awesome dance videos that honestly they get me pumped up when i see them so i know that they'll do the same for others so where can people find you and your music and everything else that you're doing or, or anything else that you want to plug you can find me on instagram soundcloud spotify and sometimes twitter I'm on there as well every once in a while but yeah to be honest I'd say Instagram if you want to contact me or find anything about me Instagram is probably the best place to find it dope what's the handle oh that that too <laughs> <laughs> Afro Samurai is the handle on everything good luck trying to spell it because I struggle sometimes but um yeah I'm not uh, should I try and spell it Do I, should I spell it for people yeah if you want it's it's Afro Samurai one word and then you add ist ist to the end of it like like you would end off the word scientist there you go that was that was a really good explanation actually (laughs) i'll just do that yeah you're welcome (laughs) thank you for that yeah so go check out his stuff go stream his music go watch his videos his dance videos and say what's up if you feel so inclined you can find the links to his social media as well as his music at the show notes at soundcloud.com slash let's show and tell if you want to follow us you can follow us at Let's Show and Tell on Instagram, Twitter. And yeah, we got playlists. We got Spotify playlists, which you might have even seen some of his music float through from time to time because we keep those on constant rotation. If you want to get in touch with us, just hit us up on social media. We have a Gmail, but I, who's going to email us, honestly? Just hit us up on, uh, on the DMs. Um, if you want to give the show a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or leave a comment on SoundCloud, do so that would be really dope and make me smile and uh smiling's good so i've heard good for the soul yeah it is good for the soul and last but not least well there's two more things i'm i'm very bad at wrapping up the show one is thank you for joining me afro samurai it's been a pleasure i appreciate you taking the time to talk to me thank you for having me it's been wonderful wonderful actually so i've actually really enjoyed this awesome thank you that makes me smile hell yeah dude smiles all around let's go And the last thing, officially, officially the last thing, is that if you like this episode, share it with a friend as you would anything you like, because sharing is caring. Peace. Peace.